Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. So welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Andrew. And Matt. And welcome to episode three. Um, just before we get started, we just want to give a huge shout out to uh, Switch over at phantomriverstone.com for uh, doing a little profile of us. Yeah, that was great. I do a lot of podcasts and I never really had like that extensive of a write-up on any of my shows before, so that was neat to see. I like how he had the... Uh picture of the wedge ears of fuku stuff. Yeah, he even <laughs> brought out uh, visual examples of what we were talking about. It was a little awesome read, so definitely check it out if you haven't already uh, looked at it. It's phantomriverstone.com. He does blogs. Yeah, um, and I never even knew of that website before, but I'll definitely be checking it out now. Yeah, he goes by the name of Switch. He's, uh, I think, pretty active on the uh, dojo forums as well. Mm. Does the translations, the English okay. translations, I think. Oh, so let's hop into it. Uh, I know last episode we said we were going to kind of do uh, disc two and talk about the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. um, but we think uh, we have a lot to talk about with the Kickstarter, so we think it's worthy of its own episode. So today we'll be doing disc two. Um, so we both beat it. Uh, so do you want to get started, Matt? Uh, okay, yeah. First of all, this disc was much shorter than I remembered. Same here. Like, I finished it in two play sessions, basically. Like, uh, without really even trying to speed through it. At least I don't think I was speeding through it. It's kind of hard to tell when you've played the game so many times and you know exactly where to go next. You're like, I mean, I could ask somebody, but I know that guy won't <laughs> won't have the answer I need, so I'll just go here. But I, th- I have been missing more stuff this playthrough than previous playthroughs, so I think... I may be just, like, doing the straight beeline through the story, like, and I, I gotta try to stop that for the next disc and experience some more things. I feel the exact same way. It's not that I necessarily feel rushed. I feel like I'm doing it efficiently, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll get a start here with, uh, one thing I noticed was when, uh, Rio gets to the harbor, that first opening scene, uh, how the cameras, when they're kind of panning through the harbor, the camera's really low, close to the ground, mm. so it's kind of looking up at everything to give it a, a greater sense of, of size. Epic feel. Yeah, it makes it look, uh, big. Yeah. Um, one of the first things I ever saw of Shenmue was... Like an old, it's like the early ages of the internet, or I guess the late 90s, I guess. And it was like a video, it was an advertisement, and it was back when you couldn't, there was no YouTube. If you wanted to watch a video, you had to, you know, specifically download the single video to your computer. You know, it would take 20, 30 minutes or whatever, and it would come in QuickTime format or whatever, and then you just have this video on your computer. You couldn't stream these videos. I just had, I had tons of like Dragon Ball Z clips and stuff, and they're like five seconds long, <laughs> like stuff I wouldn't see for ages, you know, before it came to uh, the the, uh, North America. But yeah, the Shenmue advertisement, uh, it used a lot of camera shots of the harbor that aren't in the final game. I can't remember exactly where the advertisement's from, but it's... I watched it many, many times, and uh, it hyped me up for the game uh, pretty well. And another thing about the the harbor um, is uh, I went to animation school for college, and uh, 
the the best grade I ever got on uh, the layout course, layouts or backgrounds and animation, was the one where I I turned on Shenmue and I stood Rio at the harbor and I hold I held L with one hand so I went into first person mode and then with my right hand I just drew the landscape of the harbor <laughs> and <laughs> I got like a perfect score or whatever on that on that uh, background drawing. They just cheated by like basically just copying the uh, the layout of the harbor. It's a really nice layout. Like uh, it it actually makes me want to work in a harbor sometimes. <laughs> and even when when you start doing the forklifting, which we haven't done yet, I was like sometimes sometimes I'm like man, I should just quit my job and go drive a forklift at the harbor. It's funny that you mentioned that, Matt, because I was on Career Beacon, which is like a a job website I just kind of poke around on every once in a while, mm-hmm. and there's actually a forklift driver position posted on it right now. It was posted, to, it was reposted today. <laughs> Is it at the harbor though? I think it's at. I, I think you, they actually fly you to Japan, and it's at uh, the harbor in the game. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. <laughs> so the QT when you first kind of get to the harbor uh, with Goro, mm-hmm. um, you know the famous line of "Don't you know that blackmail's way uncool?" Yeah, I uh, I got beat up in that QT pretty bad the first time. <laughs> me, I failed me it. too. I didn't fail it, but I did get I did take a few punches. I and, I failed it miserably. <laughs> oh. And you always make like Rio always like he's so badass, and when you make him lose a QT, you just feel like a chump. You're just <laughs> like, oh, that would never happen to Rio. But uh, yeah, I love the 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 victim there when he's. <laughs> The wimpy victim. He's like, ee! <laughs> when he runs away. <laughs> uh. Him and Tom, I think, are two of my... I don't know, I always kind of lump those guys together. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they both crack me up. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're uh, definitely comic relief characters. I don't know if Fukusan's supposed to be a comic relief character or not. I think he's just a foil for Rio. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Fukusan cracks me up quite a bit. <laughs> um, oh. Uh... One of the things I think this is one of Rio's like signature moves. In uh, I think he does it in a few QTEs where he like just grabs a person's wrist and like kind of twists it, and they flip right over onto the ground, and then he lightly taps them with his foot. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like a flip and then a tiny tiny kick. It, it always looks funny, but I like it. Uh, so getting into the actual kind of gameplay side of it, uh, when I was looking for warehouse number eight and you find new warehouse number eight mm-hmm. when i showed up in the um support security guard or harbor security guard kind of stops me at the door mark was actually in the warehouse oh was he yeah i thought that was kind of neat he was driving uh you can see him going around before you meet him yeah I, I don't know i can't remember if he was driving a forklift or not uh but he was definitely in there hmm. him in his gray gray striped shirt is there is there more than one way to get into this warehouse i can't remember is it just pushing the box at, at the back for the old warehouse? For the new warehouse. No, no, you go into the old. Isn't isn't Master Chen in the old warehouse? Oh, yes, you're, yeah. you're right, you're right. Mm. Yeah, it's pushing the box um, is the only way to get into it that I'm aware of. But, funny enough, when this time I went on my playthrough, mm. I tried to push the box before looking at the window, and it wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> I had to actually get the cutscene of looking at the window, mm. and, uh, oh, i got to get up there mm-hmm. uh, before it would let me, let me move the box. I liked I like that part. It's a little tiny, tiny little puzzle. There aren't too many puzzles in Shenmue, but they're they're fun to discover. A little bit of stealth. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Metal Gear Rio. Yeah. But uh, when I came out of the uh, new warehouse number eight, um, and uh, Rio jumped down from the top, he like jumped the whole way down. Somebody moved that box. <laughs> the box was gone. They're trying to trying to get him. <laughs> 
I noticed in the warehouse, or any warehouse for that matter, mm-hmm. um, it's very echoey. They actually, because it's essentially a huge metal shed, for lack of a better term, Yeah. Um, they made the, I don't want to say tinny, but yeah, um, echoey, tinny sound it's metallic. to the voices. I thought that was pretty... Uh, it sounds like it's echoing off metal. Yeah, yeah pretty like, good for its time, considering when the game was mm-hmm. made. Well, yeah, the sound design is excellent in this game. I think I've mentioned it before. I, I love the different textures when he walks on them and stuff. Um, I took a little time to just, like, stare at the ocean and, like, the sea, like, really heaves in this game, like, in the harbor. Like, it's, like, way down and way up. And before that, I don't think there was much uh, wave action in video games. Like, uh, it was usually just flat water. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first started talking to some some people around the harbor, I uh, just talked to someone that said, there's a lot of smokers, and just had this look of disgust on their face. Who did? One of the people there. That's uh, That was all their response was to me. Was, there's a lot of smokers. Hmm. That's funny, because smoking is generally accepted in Japan, especially in the 80s. Everybody smoked. Uh... I took the time to talk to the tomato uh, convenience clerk in the harbor this time. Like, I usually never talk to her. I just buy stuff from her or whatever. She she was complaining about the guards in the old warehouse district staring at her ass. (laughs) And she was totally hitting on Rio. I had, um... What is her name? Um... And she, oh, she wanted to, she wanted Rio to take singing lessons with her. <laughs> I had uh, another um, situation where he gets flirted with um, walking down to Buita Street in front of, uh, it was around Lapis, mm. uh, the fortune teller's place, and Akimi-san stopped to flirt with him. <laughs> and uh, it, it, like, created its own little cutscene. I was just walking down the street, and she stopped, and I thought that was pretty funny. What what's she look like? Uh, she's the one in, she wears, uh, pink and green. Okay. Got some 128-bit cleavage on her. <laughs> I don't recall her. I think another one who sometimes hits on him is, isn't it Miki? Like, she's got white pants, and she's got sunglasses on her head, and like a brownish shirt. I think, I think Miki. But anyways, all the ladies love Ryo, and he doesn't care. <laughs> no, he's collecting action figures and... Yeah. <laughs> um... Looking for the man who killed his father. Mm-hmm. Um... So I failed the stealth section once. What about you? I failed it once as well. Mm-hmm. And then I realized if you just, the minute it starts, if you run directly to warehouse number eight, you will not get caught. I never remember where it is on my on my play, playthrough until, you know, I check it out that first night. So, yeah, I can't, I couldn't remember. It's a little bit windy to get there. Well, the way I went. Yeah, it's dark, too. Mm-hmm. It's very dark, and the camera and the tank controls don't help. Like, the tank controls during a stealth section are very uh, frustrating. Mm-hmm. I remember having a lot of uh, trouble with it as when I was first, play, like, my first playthrough. Yeah. Kind of trying to move the camera and standing still, just waiting to get caught. Just not having that extra thumbstick to swing the camera around behind him to, to see if anyone's coming. Like, you actually you have to move his whole body around. Yeah. And by that time, they might have got close enough to see you. So, yeah, it's a very uh, precarious uh, section. Something I, I don't remember ever encountering before is that there's a map of the harbor in the cafeteria on the wall that you can look at oh, yeah. to see everything, and I, I don't remember ever seeing that before in previous playthroughs or when I was younger. I think I remember seeing the map, but I'm not sure if it was there or somewhere else. Isn't there one like right at the entrance of the harbor near that guard post, maybe? I think there's one there, too, on, on the fence. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, Guizhang and Ren from Shenmue 2 are the same actor, aren't they? The same voice actor? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But uh, he's, he's, he's a good uh, voice actor. Him and Corey. <laughs> um... And can I just say, I, I hate Master Chen. I hate old Chinese wise men stereotype tropes. <laughs> Something I, I never noticed before either is the conversation you can have in the cafeteria mm-hmm. uh, with the two girls. They're both wearing, I think, like brown jackets. Yeah. And they're having a conversation with another with each other. Mm-hmm. And you can actually intervene, interject yourself into that conversation and have a three-way conversation. Mm-hmm. So the camera behind Rio actually pans to who's talking, uh-huh. and I had never noticed that before. Mm. So yeah, the tank, the tank stealth contr- stealth part is the I think it's the worst part of the game. I don't know about you. No max bet button on the DLTs. That's um, the worst part. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst thing in any video game. Worse than Duck Hunt Dog. Worse <laughs> than Boomer in uh, the SOCOM, the first SOCOM game. He's the absolute. He's worse than Natalia in the control room level in Goldeneye. <laughs> oh. um, I used the phone to call. I tried calling Na- Nayuki, and uh, his sister Kayako answered the phone, and Rio had a little conversation with Kayako. I tried calling uh, Master Chen after I met him, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't pick up the phone. What? Just rang and rang and rang, and I got my 10 yen back <laughs> out of the payphone. <laughs> I also had him. <laughs> you ever get him to like call nine one one or whatever, or try to call nine one one? He doesn't. He say something like, "This is pointless." He, he usually says, yeah. "This is pointless." But I tried calling the fire department, and and he hung up immediately. And he says, "No, I'll avenge my father's murder on my own." <laughs> so I'm like, "Yes." That'd be funny if Rio like calls the fire department. Can <laughs> you guys help me get revenge for my father? Well, that's what they're for, isn't it? Yeah, that's what the fire department's there for. Um, Nozomi uh, She mentioned that she never talks or She mentioned that Ryo never talks to her anymore Which made me think like What? He used to be talkative? He used to be personable? Because <laughs> it's like the way he is in the game It makes it hard to imagine Because we never see him like that No um, There are a couple little uh, bits where um, the first, my first day in the harbor, I walked up to someone that was fishing, and I started a conversation. He's like, "Getting any bites?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, huh, that's a different side of." And it actually, like, it sounded like he, you know, sounded oh, friendly. Sounded friendly. Hmm. And just g- kind of building on that, I noticed when you get to the harbor, you have a lot of conversations with just NPCs that are around. And they might give you a little bit of a hint as to, you know, oh, check out the old warehouse district. But your notebook very rarely gets any notes from those conversations. Yeah. Even though they're giving you hints as to where to go. Um, I noticed lots of information. No notes in the notebook, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that happens sometimes. Um, I'll, I'll hear something from an NPC and I'll be like, that seems kind of significant, but there's no ding. I just got to remember that, I guess. Um, oh... There was another part of the game where I guess I just had some free time or something because Ryo was just making small talk whenever I approached anyone. Yamagishi was talking about uh, the old theater, which I think you can see bar- boarded up on Dobuita Street. Uh, there used to be a theater there, apparently, and he says he used to go tease Oishi at, at the antique shop after, after going to a movie. He'd go tease her. <laughs> <laughs> just I love these little background things. Like all the characters have them, and you just got to discover them. 
Uh, did you encounter the homeless man when he was getting kicked out of the building? No, that didn't happen. Was that disc, disc two? Yep, I uh, I did it, and he asked me to buy him a hot coffee, and I didn't have the money. Oh, <laughs> so I just so over, walked over to the pot machine, pretended to buy it, and left. So does that mean he won't teach you a move? I have no idea. We'll find out. Yeah, I didn't see that cutscene at all, so I hope... I hope I get that move. Isn't doesn't he teach you like a dodge move, basically a dodge and strike? Yeah, because I think he asks you to spar with him, and you just keep throwing punches, and I think he just keeps dodging and dodging and dodging. Mm-hmm. It's like a move where you like you zip through the person, you're suddenly on the other side, and you like yeah. hit them or something. Yeah, it's kind of an awkward move to to do. I think it uses the Y button and, and the B button or something. I can't remember. Um, but you could always just set it to R, set it to your quick move. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you beat up the girls? No. I've done that before, but not this time. I had totally forgotten about that <laughs> cutscene. And then when I started doing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And she takes a swing at Rio with a stick, and you, you grab it from her and toss her to the ground. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, this is so ridiculous <laughs> that I'm, be- I'm literally beating up two school, go- school girls. I'm glad he doesn't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody's going to come at you, they deserve your fists. <laughs> um... How old is Guizhang, you think? Um, He's an adult, I'd say. Yeah, definitely older than Ryo. Mm. I'd put him... Fukusan's age? Late 20s? Late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. I kind of noticed, too, in this disc, um, going back, just like uh, one of the days where I was walking back to the house, Mm. um, the parallels that Ryo's life has with the kitten... The kitten? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically, <laughs> Londi killed both of their parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're both growing up uh, kind of orphans. They both hang out with Megumi every once in a while. Yeah. On the on the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On the way out of Dubwood, uh, Londi was like, he killed, the, he killed the kitten, or the kitten's mother, and he was like, where's the kitten mirror? <laughs> I need that too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of the kitten, I, I ran across the kids feeding the cat cheese. I didn't think that would be a thing that you would just, like, feed a cat as, like, sustenance. That'd be, like, a treat, maybe, but... Yeah. Um, I usually don't see anyone around the cat except for Megumi, because she's always there in the morning, and everyone else is there at different points during the day, and I never come back to the house until nighttime, usually, so you never see anyone else but her there. But this time, I did, and there, yeah, there, those, those other kids, whoever they are, were, 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 uh, were feeding it cheese. They're a bad influence on her, I worry. <laughs> I noticed, um, we talked about last episode how we always thought Tom was wherever Rio was, so if Tom was in the harbor, or Rio was in the harbor, Tom was in the harbor, and if he was in Dubuita, Tom was in Dubuita. Tom wasn't in Dubuita when I was there. Mm-hmm. Hot Dog Stand was nowhere to be seen. Oh, well, that, there goes that theory. Tom. He's not a stalker after all. Um, so, the secret chamber in the basement. That's, that's, I remember that. That's a really cool discovery. There's a secret chamber in the basement? What? Oh, how'd you beat this too? With that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, it felt big at the time, like the first time I saw it, or first time I did it. I was like, whoa, like this is neat. Like, this is like a mystery. I think it's pretty neat how there's candles and they're different lengths, like they've been burned longer than other candles that are in the room. And you can just, I forgot that I had the light bulb and I saw the light switch. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I can. And they have the sound of screwing in a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It sounds identical to real life. I, uh, where is the light socket? Is it in the hallway or is it in the room? Right in the middle of the ceiling of the room. Okay, so you need 
light to get into the room first before you can screw in the light bulb. Nope. You can just look up and see it. It's at, it's at the ladder? No, no, it's in the middle of the room. That's what I mean. You can't even go into the room unless you have a light source, like a flashlight or something. I don't know. I, I always had the flashlight oh, on okay. before I walked down the hallway. No, I didn't have it this time. I was like, oh, I, I opened up the, the secret thing, and I, he starts walking, and it's like pitch black in there, and he's like, I need a light source. And I was like, oh, damn it, I forgot. So I got the, the flashlight out of the... Uh, little thing under the telephone in the entrance. I think it's pretty cool that the batteries can die in the flashlight, too. Yeah. If you're kind of dilly-dallying, taking your time in there. And if you light the candles, they will go out eventually. Like, the candle will burn down to nothing. Yeah, and some of them are already lower than mm-hmm. than other ones. But I forgot about the, the light bulb. <laughs> I've, I've done that in the past, but I forgot about it this time. Uh, so all the all the stuff in here, I, I just want to know the backstory be, behind all of it. There's a lot of stuff in the basement. And the photo, I think, is the big one. Mm. Who's that other... Is that the man that he killed in Moon Swoon? I doubt it. They look pretty chummy. Who's the who's the old guy that you go search for in Shenmue 2? Yuan Dezhu? Yuan Dezhu, yeah. I'm guessing it's that guy. But I could be wrong. I don't know. There's like a white leaf in a book. Do we ever find out what that's for? I don't think so. And there's like... My, my favorite part in the basement is when he picks up the little bottle and he's like, Elixir of Eternal Youth. Meh. And he puts it back. <laughs> <laughs> he just like puts it back. <laughs> I could have Eternal Youth, but... Um, yeah, what, the le- what that leaf could symbolize could have something to do with, you know, if one of these mirrors was... You know, he buried under a cherry tree. Mm-hmm. Was it buried under a different tree somewhere else? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he did leaf catching training as well. Yeah. Maybe he raised some ducks. Mm. And the mirror, the mirror was very well hidden in the basement. You mean the mirror? The mirror was very well hidden <laughs> in the basement. Like, uh, yeah, you had to like do all this like secret, secret, uh, like it's like behind wall scrolls. In the dojo, you need the the handguard, which was like put in a safe place and outside of the property. You need this the uh, the sword, which you need the key to the, get the sword. Yeah, and then once you're down there, you're not done. You need to figure out that it's like walled up, like sealed behind something that has a shelf in front of it that you have to smash open after you move the shelf. Yeah, it's, so that, uh, I think it was pretty well hidden. It's uh, no surprise Landy didn't find it. I guess he didn't know he had it in the first place. But even if he did know, I, be- I bet he wouldn't have found it. Well, you don't think he would have told him if he if he knew he had both? I don't know. <laughs> but uh <laughs> he, he just drops Rio, goes and picks up Fukusan <laughs> no. or else your student <laughs> No He'd be like Take him, I don't give a crap. He'd be like, Okay, I have the other one too, but you're gonna wanna take some notes on how to get to um, one uh, one thing that happened in this, and I don't know if I've ever encountered it before, and it actually made me laugh, is when you're talking to the guy at the bakery, mm-hmm. and he's like, the real ass house business or something, and he said, my bread isn't selling as much as it used to, mm-hmm. and Rio gives the most serious answer, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think if you talk to his daughter later, she's like, I don't eat, I, I like, I prefer the pizza or, or something like that, or um, the burgers or something. Like, he just gave this response like that's unacceptable yeah like it was the most important thing that he would ever heard in this game let me help you sell your bread um and so just going back to the basement mm-hmm. when you open the cupboard on the bottom of that chest of drawers he opens it with two hands but how is he holding the flashlight <laughs> in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't know that you could open the notebook while you're on the phone dialing things. Did you? 
No. Yeah, so that makes it easier. Like, I always used to write down the number, like, on actual paper, and then dial it. But you can, if you forget halfway through, you can press uh, the button, open up your notebook, and double-check. Did you know you don't need to dial those first five numbers? I didn't know that either. Yeah, both of these things I found out on a forum (laughs) recently. Yeah, I always dialed the the first five numbers, and then I noticed that all of the numbers had the same first five numbers. Mm. Like, oh, this is a local call. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Realism. <laughs> uh, my first snow in the, in the game was December 11th. Did you mark yours down, or did you? Uh, I don't think it snowed yet. Oh, really? Yeah. In mine. Stupid random magic weather. <laughs> uh, I noticed when, when, actually, when you get an item, there's that same generic, like, sound when you get like by a move scroll or something mm-hmm. when you actually find the mirror it's the same sound but they change it a bit do they pitch it up or something yeah it's got like um it's more heavenly yeah <laughs> that's a great way to... uh that's my uh that's one of my notifications on my phone i think that's the one when i get a text message from my mom it plays that set the get item sound <laughs> mom stop sending me move scroll <laughs> yeah so yeah master chen starts talking about the uh the the mirrors and like the legend behind them and uh how the chi yu would resurrect with the mirrors and like on my first playthrough well before i played shenmu 2 i was like i put no stock in that at all I'm like, yeah, it's just an old legend. <laughs> but now, I wanna, I wanna know if this is gonna happen in the future. Are we gonna have to fight like some sort of demon? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I kind of, when I'm playing through it, I take stock of it in my mind. I'm like, okay, mythical creature. Because uh, the game is so deliberate in its realism mm-hmm. until you get to the ending, which. Spoiler, there's a sword that floats in the air, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this is getting weird, yeah. maybe? Um, I remember, well, I guess we should wait till we get there to talk about it in depth, but I remember being disappointed at that, at this, like, supernatural, aww. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, um, yeah, I, ju- I didn't want it to go that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get there. Absolutely. Um, my wife walked in while I was playing this, and Master Ch- Master Chen was on the screen, and she said, "He looks like he's had a facelift, <laughs> like a Burt Reynolds facelift, <laughs> like his the, the John Travolta thing going yeah, on. Like his skin was all like brought up around the back of his <laughs> neck or something, like just stretched across his face." I was like, "Yeah, you're kind of right." Had another uh, drink. I think it's kind of standard. You have the dream the day you get the mirror when you go to bed. Okay. Of it, the two mirrors. Yeah. And it's like a bird in in the mirror and stuff. Um, I like when uh, yeah when Chai grabs the mirror in the warehouse and uh, Gui Zhang's like push that button and he points to a to a a thing like a panel with tons of buttons <laughs> and Rio he pushes the right one just somehow it was that button yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I cracked up when uh, you tell Fukusan that you're going to Hong Kong mm-hmm. and you when you encounter Inesan in the kitchen. And he just blurts everything out? But they they have the camera angle down by 
Rio's hand, and you can see his fist clenching because he's angry. Mm-hmm. You can see he's the veins about, in his fist. You know, thinking about getting revenge for his father's death. Mm-hmm. And then Fuku-san just blabs. <laughs> and Dio's just like, idiot. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nice to see him finally, like, emit some sort of emotion. <laughs> yeah. Frustration. And then afterwards, you smash open uh, Fukusan's piggy bank. Yes. Had a lot of money in that piggy bank. It's ridiculous that he's a piggy bank, though. And it was uh, like a 28-year-old man or whatever he is. We have one beside our bed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you smash it? No. When it's full? I tell my wife it watches her sleep. <laughs> um, so the cat got lost. Did you find the cat? I didn't encounter that. Oh, really? Yeah, the cat got lost. Or, well, it ran away or whatever. So I had to go look for it, and I was pretty sure I remembered where it was, and I did. It was, like, down the steps, uh, the steps that are at the immediate right when you come out of your home. That's, like, the only time that area is ever used, as far as I know, just to find the cat down there. Yeah, there's, uh, I don't think I've, yeah. The only time, other time you even see that area, I think, is when Chai's on the roof, after you have the encounter with Guizang. Um, uh, that, I think that encounters in Sakuragaoka, isn't it? Actually, yes, it's at the intersection there. Yeah. Um, the T part before the store. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think the cat going down there is the only use for that area. But. Um, when you're looking to, uh, find out a cheap fare to go to Hong Kong, when they tell you to go to Ida Flores, I found that was a deliberate way to get you to talk to Nozomi mm-hmm. to kind of push that relationship forward if you haven't already done it. Yeah. Um, it's possible to miss a lot of stuff with her. It It is. You, there's, And she... A lot of characters pop in and out um, just based on the technology at the time. Mm. She pops in and out the most. You could be, you know, a few steps away from her sometimes mm. and she pops in. Um so I think it's it's easy to miss her uh, quite a bit. And this, to be honest, this playthrough, I've talked to her a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one of the things you could miss, which you did miss, is the finding the cat thing. Like, she's also looking for the cat. And oh. You have a little conversation with her. She's like, you bring it back to Megumi, and Megumi thanks uh, Nozomi. And she's like, oh, no, it was Ryo who found it and stuff. Um, oh, speaking of the... The uh, piggy bank. Fukusan's an idiot, but he sure can count fast. <laughs> like, he's like, it takes him like five seconds, and then when the camera pans around, there's these huge stacks of coins. Like, Forty-seven thousand yen. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been a banker. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing is, uh, I didn't know this because I'm not, I'm not this bad at the game. But if you take too long to find the mirror in the basement, there's like a cutscene with Fukusan down there helping you. Like, Fukusan can go down into the basement under the dojo and help you look for it if you if you suck. <laughs> you know it's bad. You're bad when you need Fukusan's help. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, a, that's something else I've discovered on a forum recently. Um, did you know that... So when you go to buy the ticket, mm-hmm. they give you the flyer at the uh, crappy travel agency? Yeah. But did you know you can actually get a flyer from the other travel agency first, but you have to go to the other one first? The good one? Yeah. Yeah, I did that this time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's su- <laughs> such, like, intentional foreshadowing when you give her the money mm-hmm. to buy the ticket and they just zoom in on her eyes. <laughs> it's like, eh, you got this uneasy feeling. Yeah, yeah. Something, you know for sure. Something's happening. Something's up. You're going to get scammed. And I just like how she keeps ignoring him. He's just like, excuse me, 
Um, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> He's so polite. He is. <laughs> Well-mannered boy. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like, I mentioned last time that I wish we could go in the, in the restaurants and eat and stuff, like, I'm buying all this chocolate and chips and caramel, and I can't fucking eat it. <laughs> like, why? Like, you just get it for the tickets. Why can't he just have a small cutscene where he eats the chocolate or the caramel or whatever, just like the, uh, like the, uh, like when he drinks the pop? Yeah, especially since you bought merchandise. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like how everything in the store serves a purpose. Like the, the cassettes you can listen to. Yeah. Every single item there you can do something with. Well, there's some things you can't buy. Like, I wish you could buy everything in that store. There's, like, a cooler with, like... Milk? Milk or, or, uh, or it looks like... Um, Sports drinks? Like- aloe drink or something in the bottom. Like, why can't I buy that and drink it? Like, just a little bit more interactivity. I mean, Shenmue is great at the interactivity already, but if they went pushed a little bit further, that'd be great. Uh, maybe it's a budget constraint or something. But. Well, this game, in all fairness, did have a pretty small budget. <laughs> <laughs> something had to get cut, I'm sure. Uh, so the... Um, do you have anything before, like, the chase of the, uh, the guy from Asia Travel? Yeah, um, when you're looking for the Asia Travel Company, mm-hmm. I had a hilarious cutscene where Rio's friend, uh, the one in the yellow jacket... Yeah. He was sitting outside the burger, the Happy Pear Burger Bar, mm-hmm. and Rio asks him if he knows where Asia Travel Company is, and... Right over there, dummy. And it's it's literally diagonally across. But he's like, I'm not familiar or something along <laughs> those lines. And Rio's response was, it's by the burger place, which we were standing at. <laughs> and he's eating the burger. And I'm like... Burger place? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny, because clearly that cutscene or that conversation can happen somewhere as well. Yeah, it's probably meant to happen somewhere as well. But something that odd that I had never noticed before. Mm-hmm. So every time you in- initiate a conversation, you have to press the A button. Yeah. If you have a conversation with that guy there mm-hmm. and you walk away, Rio says goodbye while he's walking away, totally unprompted by me. Hmm. I had never encountered that before. Because they're friends, I guess. I maybe. Think, I think I've encountered that, but maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of another game. And Happy Bear Burgers, one of the uh, best restaurant names I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> So the chase of the guy from Asia Travel, that chase QTE is the exact same one from what Shenmue, right? Yeah, the what Shenmue one is. They just replace. It's the same. It's just the president of SAG at the time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I love at the end of what Shenmue when he's like, yes. Yeah. And he does the fist pump. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to sell all these Dreamcasts. He failed. Mm, he sold a couple. <laughs> um, I noticed that Ryo sleeps on a bed. Most, like, uh... I don't know about most Japanese people, but a lot of Japanese people don't sleep on a bed. They sleep on a on a futon mat. And, uh, like, even everyone else in his household does. Like, nobody else has a bed but Ryo. Why does Ryo have a real bedroom door? <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. <laughs> no, everyone else has those sliding panels. Yeah. He's just, like, maybe he's enamored with uh, Western culture. And he just he, he wants to be an American. Um, the last dream on disc two, uh, the dream when you dream of Shenhua. Mm. Where she, like, falls off the cliff or something. Yeah, and it's, it's snowy. Mm-hmm. I just, again, I think they do a fantastic job with all of the dreams. Uh, my Lon D, the Lon D one's still my favorite. Yeah. Um, it is by far, I think, the best. Something about the lighting in them that just makes the graphics look even better. Yeah. They're fantastic. And... 
what game ever had dreams before? Yeah. Other than Mario 2, spoiler, the whole thing was a dream. <laughs> the fake Mario 2. Yeah. The dumbed down one that we got here in North America. Mm-hmm. Not Doki Doki Panic. Nope. <laughs> um... So, uh, that stupid kid who wants Ryo to buy him the capsule toys, I always take great pleasure in denying him and then buying one right in front of his face. <laughs> I don't, I haven't talked, is that the one in He's in front of Guaca? He's, yeah, he's in front of Abe store. Yeah, I never, I never talked to the kid. <laughs> um, uh, but speaking of the Abe store, I went in there. And, uh, well, first of all, the floor is filthy. I don't know if you ever took a look, taken a look at that, but I was trying to check out, like, all the merchandise that I couldn't buy. Like, kind of like what's in this cooler and stuff. And accidentally zoomed in on the floor. It is disgusting. <laughs> I don't know what's covered, like, all over it, but everybody take a look at the floor near the entrance of the Abe store. Um, but I bought some chocolate or something in there, and I drew a ticket, and I did the best I've ever done. I got second place. And, uh... Uh, have you ever gotten like a like the prizes in the tomato and the prizes in the Abe stores are different prizes like uh, in uh, Abe store second place prize was a capsule toy of the president of Sega yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever got that I've gotten one of them because there's I think two of him oh, okay this uh, one had like a festival uh, coat or shirt or something on it's like an orange shirt. Yeah, they, um, those actually, I don't know if they do it in the North American version, but in the Japanese version, if you have both of his action figures, mm-hmm. and then go to the sushi restaurant on a certain day, oh. there's, I think, a couple other things, that's when you can encounter him, and you walk in, and he looks at you, panics, and runs away. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if it's in the North American version or not, <laughs> but I just found out that, uh, though you had to have both of those action figures already to, oh, um... That's very specific. To, uh unlock that that scene and it's kind of similar to the duck race mm. where there's you know a series of events you need to have yeah all those items it's very hard to find without a walkthrough um but the, the the capsule toy of him is like super highly detailed like compared to the other ones like i think it's the actual model that they used in washinmu like yeah. it, it's creepy it looks like a little uh handheld person <laughs> <laughs> i failed the fight with chai i've only beaten him once I've beaten him twice. Um, I've beaten him actually fighting him, and then I've beaten him with the cheap where you just keep doing the sweep move over and over and over and try to pin him in a corner. See, that's what I that's what I don't like doing. Is like I suck at the fighting, but I don't want to spam an effective move. Like I want the 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 fighting to look natural. I want it to look cool. I want to mix up my moves and like so I don't do what's most effective. I don't just keep spamming the same moves if they work, and that just usually ends in my ruin. But <laughs> I find that fight is the hardest between the two games. Oh, it is yeah. of any fight, and then second is the. Um, the other fights, when you unlock the duck race, they're both pretty tough. But those ones are much easier to kind of... If you're simply just trying to unlock it, you can spam those fights pretty bad. Mm. Um, but the one with Chai in the arcade, it's such a close... Um, close quarters. Close quarters. Yeah. You really can't. You, sometimes you just have to um, beat the holy hell out of them. Yeah. Because you're not going to Hong Kong. <laughs> My cousin Brian watched me do that scene, mm-hmm. and he just, when he crumpled up the ticket and ate it, my cousin Brian was thought it was the funniest thing, and he'd, like, crumple stuff up and just tell me I'm not doing something. <laughs> and just, yeah, just shove anything in his mouth. <laughs> what do you think of Chai as a character? Like, do you think he fits thematically with everything else in the series? <laughs> not really. He's like a golem creature. He is. He's very golem-like. Um, 
I didn't I didn't really like him for the first little while. I'm okay with him now. I'm used to him after you know after like 15 years. But <laughs> but I really didn't like him at first. No, he's he definitely is outside the the theme of the rest of the game. Um, I think the music whenever he comes on screen. I do like his music. I, it just cracks me up. Um, <laughs> Because he's such an over-the-top character, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't mind him being there. But he is kind of off with the rest of the theme. Yeah, he looks like he looks like he was like once a little boy who like grew and mutated into this mutant freak because his clothes look like he ripped through them like they were once too small. <laughs> like they were once like he was smaller and he grew and like his clothes didn't or something. <laughs> like the Hulk. Yeah, like the Hulk or something. He's a very skinny like anorexic Hulk. <laughs> yeah. He definitely has the uh, his movesets modeled after uh, Leon from Virtua Fighter 2. Mm, yeah. I think it's kind of neat how they, especially in Shenmue 2, how they model the, the movesets off other characters from the Virtua Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll sure. talk about that more. We'll maybe do an episode in the future where we compare Virtua Fighter. <laughs> well, I guess that's all my notes. That's all my notes for uh, for this episode, or for Disc 2. Mm-hmm. Um Disc three, uh, I think there's a bit more to it. Yeah. Um, disc two, I just I don't remember it being this short. Me neither. Yeah. But I think not that I'm rushing through the game, but I think I'm playing it in a pretty efficient manner. Again, because I know where things are, know what to do. I'm gonna but, try to. I'm gonna try to be more. Uh, I'm gonna try to wander more next time. I think I might too, because even in our notes from this, mm-hmm. I didn't do the cat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't do the. Um, homeless guy won. Yeah. You didn't beat up the girls. Yeah. There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Sometime I wouldn't mind trying to do one of those uh, complete notebook playthroughs where you literally go point A to point B to point C to point D to point E and mm-hmm. so on. Um, I think it'd be fun to try because I miss so much every time. But that's part of the... That's part of the fun of replaying it. Yeah. to see that stuff. This game has... For being in a in an open world but a relatively small open world the replay value for this game is through the roof mm-hmm. yeah really is getting move sets um, different moves practicing different times um, there's a lot uh, a lot to it mm-hmm. so uh, is that all for this episode and then next episode we'll talk about Kickstarter stuff I think we uh, I think we're good so again thanks for every everyone for watching um, listening listening yes <laughs> listening well they could be watching the little thing go across the screen <laughs> yeah um, remember to blink <laughs> Going forward, uh, this episode um, will be posted on iTunes. Um, we're going to keep posting on SoundCloud as long as they let us. Um, We've got a six-hour time limit there, I think, so once that's up... I think we have a three-hour time limit. Oh, th- or three-hour, huh? Yeah. So, it's worse than I thought. Um, we will uh, keep posting there, but we'll be on ne- er, Netflix. <laughs> we'll be on iTunes. We're moving up in the world. <laughs> we'll be on we're iTunes. We're getting a series. Netflix <laughs> original. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys on a couch talking about Shenmue, a 14-year-old game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're going to be on iTunes going forward. Uh, which is exciting. Thanks for everyone in the Shenmue Dojo forums. Uh, shout out to Switch again for at Phantom Riverstone. Um, people that have left comments, people that have liked us on SoundCloud, people that have followed us. You know, we really appreciate it. We're starting to get some traction here, get some followers, mm-hmm. uh, get some uh, some hits. Uh, we'd just like to thank our sponsor this week, Bob's Pizza. Da, 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 pizza. The best slice in Dubuida. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Merci. Have a good one. Bye.